Hey Auntie is based in Melbourne, Australia. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land where we live and work, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Indigenous Australians and all First Nations mob everywhere. There you are. I've been expecting you. I've just popped the kettle on. Come on in. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Auntie. Hey, Auntie. Hi, and welcome to Hey, Auntie. I'm Chantelle Weatherall. Thank you for joining us. It's such a pleasure to be back with you, continuing our mission to listen to Black women with more conversations reflecting our brilliance and diversity, showing that there's millions of ways to be magical. Hello, I'm Chantelle Weatherall, and this is Hey Auntie. It's been a long time between sips, And my goodness, the world, Hmm, there's been plenty going on in the world. And uh, in these unusual times, I thought, hey, it's not important to do some big overproduced version of a podcast. But what is really important to me is uh, just to check in, check in on you guys and see how you are. And also, I thought it would be nice to check in on some of our past and future aunties and see how they are coping, how they're holding up, how they're keeping their heads up in this crazy old time that we're living in. I mean, I think that's one of the most important things that we can do and and important ways to show love is to check in right now because, man, so many of us can be in so many different places in just a few minutes' time, you know? It's so up and down lately. So that's exactly what we're doing. We are checking in with you, with each other, and with some of our fantastic aunties from past episodes. So this is a pretty casual affair, guys, just to paint you a picture. I absolutely have a cup of tea beside me. My dog is sitting on my feet. I'm in my jammies. And um, you might hear a little bit of uh, tea being stirred and dog running around in the background. But I hope that this um, reaches you well and that you enjoy these chats. The first person that I reached out to was the wonderful Dr. Yadira Perez-Hazel. Yadi was on the last series, uh, series one of Hey Auntie, and uh, Yadi is many things, a multitude of beautiful things. Yadi is a anthropologist, a mother, a wife, a really vibrant and incredible member of her community, and uh, I thought that uh, it would be wonderful to catch up with Yadi. Yadi's also a beautiful Afro-Latina from New York, from the Bronx, and uh, I couldn't really check in with Yadi without starting by asking how she felt about how things were going at home. So yes, absolutely, New York City is unrecognizable. Um, you know, it's it's the stuff of kind of your nightmares. You know, you know, you know how how much your city is 
struggling and you know the beauty exists within it but it exists within the structures that have been breaking apart and really built um, to not work for the community that it's supposed to and watching from afar it's really chilling I honestly like I have this kind of deep dread you know the kind of feeling of like this cold coldness that chills your body when I think of it um, just I know the spaces I know the nooks of New York I know how how close and connected physically we live with each other and something like this um, that really uh, just brings to question that fabric of connectivity that we have, that close proximity to living to others. And really also like that thing we draw on when the structures are not working for us, we lean in on each other. And um, COVID-19 is, is kind of toppled that in so many ways. So New York City is just so deep so deep in my heart um you know and not only i'm not there but physically my roots i've been saying this quite a bit as a diasporic being my roots are in so many places and um one thing that i think a diasporic person comes one of the superhuman strengths you have is that you realize that no matter where you are you are one with those places you love um, so those shocks to their system are shocks to yours. Gosh, Yadi, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. You really do feel it deeply wherever your family, your kin are in the world, anything that happens to them, wherever you are, even if you're grateful to be safe, you feel it, you feel it really deeply. Gosh, thank you for articulating that so beautifully. Now, um, I have a few questions for you, Yadi. And the first one, probably kind of connected to what you just said, is uh, when you think about this crazy time that we're living through and um, what you've experienced either practically or through your extended family, your loved ones, when you reflect on that, what have you lost? Now, um, for transparency, you shared these questions with me you know, um, when you invited me and that first question just, it was kind of that elixir <laughs> to the soul um, because physically I've lost my aunt, my aunt mm -hmm. Nydia Lopez in the Bronx to COVID. She was a wonderful soul, a health provider for many years, someone who was the truest ride or die Bronx you know, uh, just Puerto Rican individual, you know, um, had many options to not live there anymore because she raised two, two beautiful children who could have provided her something outside of the, the building that she lived in with like double doors and serious security. But that was her home and she had invested so much in those mm -hmm. roots there. So I lost, we lost her, um, and yeah, that, that leaves a profound mark, not only in that she went up into the heavens, her wings were ready, but our hearts weren't, largely because we weren't able to say bye in the ways that 
we would want to, the ways that we wanted to celebrate her. So that's one thing I lost that's deep. But also in the times, like many people can possibly relate, my organization, my job, there were so many people that lost their jobs, you know? So I lost dozens of coworkers and I'm kind of drenched in this, <laughs> this fluid of it's gratefulness. Great. It's grief, grief, right? Uh, it's yeah. grief. It's like this yeah. this grief of, of, of all the families that have been negatively impacted and then this gratefulness that I still stand in a job, you know, but not knowing exactly what um, it will look like. And, you know, it's still precarious and the times are still going. And my coworkers, my beautiful friends found out on Monday and by Wednesday we were all locked in our homes, you know. Um, and at that moment, back then, I did see it as a locked up, right? Because I, I think I, I've changed. I guess my mindset has changed. But back then, it really felt like I was being forced away from the kind of comforting, caregiving, even, even a bit of like fighting, like, man, I just wanted to like question, I want to question the decisions that were made. I wanted to be there for the people. I wanted to listen, you know, and, and give them the energy, the physical energy of that listening. And, and then under like minimal things, like I lost my ability to drink coffee. And that sounds really minuscule. But what I mean by that is that I had a routine. I had a beautiful routine in the morning with my family where then I would bike to work and then I can drink my coffee where I had my private space. I can work and focus and allow that adrenaline caffeinated body just drill out the kind of thoughts I had in my mind onto paper, right? Well, that wasn't the case anymore because my home space is now a space where I work. I teach my kids online. My husband's always also working. And that beautiful feeling of caffeination was actually not working at all. It, it turned into anxiety. It turned into not being able to pivot. turned into saying things that I didn't really want to say. So I just had to say bye to coffee and just say, it's not working for me right now. I still want you. I, I love you, coffee, but right now, me and you need to depart. Yadi, thank you so much for sharing those things so beautifully. All of them are so important, and I love, love, love that you shared them. Every single one of the things that you mentioned really needs to be acknowledged and also deserves to be grieved. And um, yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing those things, Yadi. Thank you. I love that. Absolutely. Naming it, identifying it, and just bringing in, like, putting words to something makes it a thing that you then can make a choice, you know, like, okay, so this mourning, this pain, this grief, this is what it is. What can I do next, right? And I have a choice in it. But without it, it's just kind of... It's just our habit isn't it to just keep going i think sisters especially are socialized as women as black women to be hard workers and strivers and survivors 
But this is an unprecedented time and it's really important that we name these things that we're feeling, that we share them so that we're not carrying just this massive load by ourselves, you know, so it's not all on our shoulders. Oh, absolutely. The weight of our shoulders. Our shoulders are seriously deserve awards. <laughs> but for now, just hugs, you know? Absolutely hugs. So many hugs. And uh, I hope you found that support. I hope everyone, all of our sisters, are finding that support. And uh, yeah, my next question, Yadi, is in this time, despite the grief and the things that we absolutely need to acknowledge that we've lost. What have you found? Man, it's hard for me to say without kind of giving some backstory, but I'll say what I found is some space and connection with myself, right? I, I am a deeply social extrovert community-oriented, relationship-needing individual. Like, I thrive in, in being in the presence of just high-energy, beautiful souls. And I've been blessed in my life to have lots of that, you know. And um, so, so, but what's interesting about that is that um, my home isn't the space particularly where I always cultivate that. I kind of go out into community and then come back a bit flat. <laughs> so um, being this time, um, what I found is a connection with myself and like being able to, to, slow things down for myself, to really connect with my body, to really connect with my thoughts, the, the messages or the things that are popping up in my head, the kind of negative, more so um, messages that were popping in and being able to identify them, be present to them, and then listen to other things. I mean, the Yara River, the Birrung has been like seriously a relationship I've fostered that's given me so much back in return it's it's been about I don't know 45 days of me walking to the river and being with my thoughts also listening to my body in different ways sometimes I can walk longer sometimes I can't kind of clearing some space for purpose and then being so so curious and being an observer or how that impacts my family like it's a bit incredible at how like me being just much more in tune with my thoughts, how all of a sudden, like my husband and my kids, I have that space to just catch what I was going to say, look at who they are, think about what's the intention. Are they trying to bother me? They're not. They're requesting something and I can kind of be in that present space. So there's like this gentleness that I've been able to sit with because there's like stillness in my life. And for a very long time, stillness for me just meant the opportunity to fill, <laughs> to fill it. It was like stillness was void, whereas stillness is now a bit of a gift. You know, I've been able to grieve my aunt. 
I've been able to quiet my thoughts. And then in it, I hear her saying, you need to clean your pots. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I got to do that. <laughs> she, she was just one of those people. I mean, she had her pots for like over 20 years and they were brilliant. Silver, no dark spots. I mean, all elbow grease, you know, but it just, so what I have found is that, is that like, oh my God, like I am a world inside of me. I'm just curious about that. And it's so quiet around me that I can be curious about that, but then also just observe the way that it, the energy kind of flows and impacts the kind of relationships I want. That's beautiful. I love that. I've definitely had a very similar experience. I've always been very outward focused. I think there is something about being um, the child of immigrants that there is a huge motivation to get out in the world and do things for our own satisfaction, but also to make a stamp on this world and make the most of all the opportunities that our parents have strived to provide for us. And I think that I, you know, they say that we know more about what is in space than we do about what is at the deepest points in the ocean. I think that that is very much my immigrant child experience of the world as it relates to my own psyche. I know more about how to handle the world, how to survive, how to how to get by, duck and dive, all the threats, than I probably was in tune to the deep, dark valleys of my inner self. And why they've been like, Hello, we would like some attention now. There is, there is, a, there is a many tentacled beast coming to the surface to ask you for attention now. And thankfully with the space, I've been able to make that a gift and actually have the space. And also, to be honest, not have my escape tactics. Because I'm social yes. too, but I had to kind of ask myself, how much of that being social is actually... Because we're virtuous, right? Immigrant kids, we so virtuous. We don't do those we don't do those escape tactics like the other kids. We ain't going out carrying on getting in trouble. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But we still have them and we make them virtuous things like community service and you know, gotta do this for this person and this organization. But at the end of the day what I realized was was that even though those things are beautiful and are good and should be part of my life, I was using them as escapes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Honey, what you said, so much of what you said just resonated. Absolutely. And those virtuous things, those kind of things that we go out there for, I mean, in in some ways, yes, it's a like, a need to kind of heal something that we haven't healed ourselves yet, right? But putting that kind of dependency on others is just unfair, right? <laughs> but we do, um, it's also a way of kind of being, you know, this kind of sense of belonging by doing and constantly laboring, which is also exhausting, you know? And, and then there's a bit of also righteousness, like, look, I've done this. And it's not from like the strongest ego part, but it is ego as well, right? It's, it's partly ego, but it's partly this feeling that I will never be able to repay everything that has been given to me. 
because we have we have a front row seat of what it takes to give us the opportunities we have and I think that there is some deep part of my psyche that is like I'm I must continually demonstrate that I am worthy of all of that investment that's been given and I think that there's been a really beautiful process of going no I will wear my leisure wear today no, I will actually just lie on the couch and watch Netflix because you know what? That kind of whip crack of earn everything you have is literally just exists between my ears because the people who made that investment are just overjoyed and they want to see me in peace and enjoying everything that I have, right? So that's been oh, a real gift. So beautifully said. So beautifully said. So what are you letting go of, Yari? What are you letting go of? Mm. <laughs> so I'm talking about that ego so me and that ego and it's, again the ego is not this you know devil that we put it out to it's just for me it's the funny, you know right? it's just that kind of muscle that's been worked too hard and sometimes you know <laughs> and you're just like mm. but so what I'm letting go and COVID definitely put it in my face is that desire that that false myth that we can control you know what's going on outside of us like cannot control this you know and um it was it's been incredible because you know this you know the world is what it is and like then you have a choice of who you're gonna be in it right and the illusion it is such an illusion um you know, and like, think going back to that kind of child of immigrants and continuing to be an immigrant, making my own children immigrants. And um, COVID is one of those deep shocks that's happened, you know, watching all the many places my friends and my beloved family are and, you know, seeing how COVID is impacting it. But that's not where it starts. Like, I feel like just when I started to step back and be like, okay, for the last six months, if I just look at a window of six months, there's just been all these events, so many events. Puerto Rico had these massive earthquakes. And then we had bushfires here in Australia. And then I had family dealing with, you know, just fighting cancer. And I had other friends just dealing with lows. And every time myself was out there trying you know trying to figure out how I could help how I could problem solve how could I you know and I think what I didn't get a I knew that I couldn't I felt this disempowerment like I can't do anything and part of it is like because why are you trying to control that and why are you thinking you have the answers right um there's a way that I was being, right, feeling like letting my body or letting my, myself kind of go on a ride where I wasn't rooting myself in those gifts that all those that fed me before me, you know, gave me. I wasn't just bringing me to it. I was bringing the problem solver, the control, like the person who was trying to fix things, the person who was trying to, you know, very much like you were saying. I honestly, like, and the, the, one of the smallest but most profound gifts was 
like my husband was talking and he finished the thought and usually it would go I would say hey I don't know you I don't think you meant to say it that way and I would fix it and and instead I, I listened and I was like I let it go and then he took a few seconds and he was like actually what I meant was this and then later on he was like you know what Yaddy I really appreciated that you just kind of held that space for me it allowed me to kind of think about what I was saying and I was like wow I just got out of his way what a gift what a beautiful gift which is connected with my next question what are you holding on to what experience that you've had through this pandemic and all the craziness and all the challenges or even what element of yourself that has come to the fore or anyone else what are you going to hold on to what do you want to carry on after all of this is over one of the things that i've i want to hold on to that i feel really strongly in this is that there are like there is all these wisdoms, these experiences that my ancestors and my family and my friends and these relationships have kind of um, gifted me with. Um, And that like, really all we have is today, you know, like the gift of this interview itself, right? Like the sharing of our experiences, the sharing of our perspectives, like those are the things that I want to hold on to and gift right because those come from me right and it's like i've been waiting for the audience to tell me hey this is what i want to hear right but again it's kind of out there and i've realized you know what this is like i said like kind of being inside of this body this this brain these thoughts the kind of lineage i come from i've been really kind of holding on to the presence of now, the presence of of gifting from this space and not from, um, you know, waiting to be shoulder tapped, you know, that kind of thing. But the other thing I want to kind of, the kind of thing I want to hold on to is the simplicity of life. Honestly, like, you know, many, many, I've heard many people just say like, wow, when you get it, kind of get to the mindset of like, where, where I was, I was kind of feeling stuck to then saying, oh, wait, is this an opportunity? Wait, yeah, I think this is an opportunity. And getting there and seeing the simplicity of things, right? And that like, you can make requests in your life to simplify things you can like people are open you know to to support you in that it's not like you don't have to invest in the kind of frenzy of life in that way that people actually welcome a sense of simplicity and I definitely did in my life so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how that carries out as things kind of get into a nice groove again um But yeah, this, this has been, you know, going back down to basics has been a gift in, in being able to, you know, at first, like even going back to the, the passing of my aunt, I was just like how, you know, I would have without a doubt have jumped on a plane and been there, you know, whatever, taken 28 hours to get back to New York. 
I would not second guess it, honestly. Um, and possibly after this, if someone else passes away that was so deep, so close, I won't second guess that. That's not the simplicity I'm talking about. I thought that that grieving, that connection couldn't happen without that. Whereas what I found is, you know, picking up the phone and saying, I can't believe she's gone. We've had the most incredible sobbing virtual sessions, right? Because simply what we needed was to connect. Oh, sis. I love your beautiful, beautiful, gentle, wonderful, expansive soul. And I'm so grateful for you sharing that with me. I I was frantically looking at my phone when you were speaking before because there was a line that I wanted to read you from a poem. Because a friend sent me a poem that you might recognize a line, but I, I know the poem so well, but this line just really struck me right now. Um, and she's talking about herself and she says, a black ocean leaping and wide. And I'm like, yeah, I am a black ocean leaping and wide. And that's from Still I Rise, right? But there is so much in that. But I think what I've discovered is the, the, the blackness and the depth and the completeness of the ocean that is me. And that is a gift that I will be taking forward. And it sounds like you will too. Oh, Chantel, that was gorgeous. That was gorgeous. I knew this was, I was like, I'm going to have, I'm going to schedule this at the end of my day, right after work. Cause like, you just know, one of the things about my beautiful life and the gratefulness I have is that like, I have people like you to foster the space for conversations like this, where like, you know, you just, you feel, I feel enlivened. Like there's an energy that just, um, it's just going up and down my body that I, I, I knew would come, but you always forget how intense it is, you know? And I'm like, yes. Yes, ma'am. I'm so grateful for this gift. Oh, thank you so much, Yadi. Dr. Yadira Perez-Hazel. That conversation was a balm for my soul, a much-needed balm, and I really hope that you enjoyed it as well. Now, I'm going to pray that you forgive the uh, sounds of my dog in the background. This is a real casual, made at home in self-isolation, in my pajamas type of situation. And I'm gonna keep rolling this way for the next few weeks. I've got a wonderful conversation to share with you next with Dr. Chelsea Bond, and you know that's going to be fantastic. I'll try and upload that in maybe a week, maybe two weeks. This is, uh, it's, it's the apocalypse, guys. We're keeping things loose. But thank you so much for joining me. It has been a pleasure take care of yourselves, take care of each other. We got each other. We got this. We're going to be all right. Thank you.